Hi, my name is Kevin McDonald, and I'm declaring my independence. Independence from what? Why, negative thoughts and energy, of course. Chief among them, hate, division, and fear. You see, I know that we're all one, and together we can solve any problem, save our planet and each other. Please, join me as we come together as one and choose a better way to be. So now, let's begin with my independence report. And welcome, everybody, to My Independence Report. My name is Kevin McDonald. And uh, by the way, don't forget, don't forget to subscribe so that we can add more people to that uh, would like to listen to people like the guests that we're about to have this hour. She is an extraordinary human being, and uh, and we're going to have a lot of fun. I'm, I'm pretty darn sure that it'll be a good time. So if you want to uh, find out more about me, you can do that by going to My Independence Report. And I my... Uh, a new website will be up shortly, and then we'll be able to play with that. But in the meantime, we have a fellow podcaster, but she's more than that, actually. She's an actress, actor. I'm not I'm not sure the politically correct way of saying that. The, the, I'm an actor. I'm an actress. You can say either one. <laughs> Both are accurate. <laughs> Tonya Todd is with us. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you very much for having me on the show. I, I don't get to do a lot of live broadcasts, so this is kind of interesting. It, it is. Well, I like doing live broadcasts because it's a lot more conversational. And because it doesn't matter how much I edit this thing, I'm going to either say or do something <laughs> stupid. During the course of this po podcast, I will I will make my a fool out of myself in some manner or form, but that's kind of the charm I've been told. So it may as well just put it out there, right? <laughs> you guys will just relax and enjoy. This is just this is just you and I. We're just this is as polished as I get. <laughs> as polished as I am. I'm sorry. I can't do a hell of a lot better than that. But that's you know, but you're you're a beautiful lady and you oh, are thank you. you're an actress or an actor, depending on how you phrase that. Uh, you've also you you got it into your heart to do something that we want to talk about quite a little bit, and that's the podcast that you did in 2020, and uh, and you're also looking for a literary agent to put that into a book and and stuff. So let's let's I guess start with uh, Tanya. Where are you from, and and when did you just catch the acting bug, and how long you've been doing that? How's that been working out so far? I am in Las Vegas. I was born in. Pennsylvania, but I, I grew up in Las Vegas. And just for accuracy's sake, I did a blog last year on this. On oh, it was a blog. Yeah, it was a blog last year. And the podcast just started the first week of January because ah. I did sign with a literary agent in November. Cool. So now we're trying to build the platform so that I can find a publisher for, for this as a book. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. But to, but to your original question, I I started writing before I started acting. Now, I did act when I was younger, but it was never something that I was planning to pursue as a career. But I, I loved it. I loved the stage. I, I loved taking on new characters. Even as a little kid, you know, I would just pretend to be the characters that I saw in books or on screen. But I never really thought I could do it for a living, you know. <laughs> and then I wrote a book that came to me in a dream. And in that book, the main character quits her job and becomes an actor. Like she's she's in her forties and she quits her job and decides to pursue her passions. And then my, um, my 
my employer at the time, who didn't know that I was writing this book because I didn't tell anyone because it was, you know, it was all new to me. I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't need to hear the chatter about whether I should or should not be doing this. I was just trying to get it out of me, you know, like just get it on the page and, and experience that. I didn't tell anyone. And he said, I'm sorry, we can't pay you anymore. We, We just can't afford to keep this position. And he gave me a severance that was almost exactly what my character got. Like it was two months like it was just crazy coincidence and then he said i think you'd be a really good actor and model and i'm going to introduce you to someone who will help you get started in that which that's weird where would he get the idea that i was even interested in something like that (laughs) and so i met her and she got me started and i love it i just love it and it helped helped my book it helped me strengthen the, the character's experience because now i had all these details about what actually happens when you pursue an acting career. <laughs> now you you do get the fact that none of that's a coincidence, right? Yeah, I do. I'm it manifested. Yeah, it, it manifested because that is your that is your passion. That is where you need to go, uh, and that's that's the, will fulfill your soul and fulfill your heart. Yeah, and it's funny because people read it and they're like, "Oh, you wrote about your life." Well, I didn't know it yet, but. <laughs> It wasn't my life yet, but, but in a sense. Sense. <laughs> that is that is so cool because as you continue to in, in thrive and this this project that I think that you're working on is going to be very very popular. Um, and, and the I reason that, that yeah, the reason that I thought that is because I saw and I I watched the episode from January, and so I thought that it was. 2020 not 2021 but anyway see i told you that's why we do this live because i can make right. it perfectly all right. and you can correct me and that's perfectly all right as well right it's fine <clears throat> so tell us about the uh blog you did and now the podcast you're following up with okay so as many people did at the end of 2019 i gave myself a list of goals and accomplishments that i wanted to have achieved by the end of the year <laughs> one of those things was to blog more regularly just to, you know, let me just make sure I'm putting something out there once a week. I need to get in the habit of being able to create on a regular schedule rather than it being this long, year-long process because I was terrible at blogging consistently. So I, I gave myself this goal and along with many other goals. And <laughs> because I I write about love, I don't write romance per se, because that's a specific genre that has a formula. But all of my stories involve love stories of some sort. They just don't follow the the formula for it has to be a happily ever after kind of ending. So on par with that, I used my own experience, experience of people I know, the research that I've done, and then just many of the experiences that my characters have to come up with one tip per week to help improve intimacy within a committed couple, like between a committed couple, just one thing per week that they could do that can improve the emotional intimacy between the people. And so I started that and I was doing it weekly and I was posting it. And then, you know, we had the pandemic and lockdown and almost all of the goals that I had just weren't even a possibility anymore. And so I clung to this one thing, like, I'm this I can do, this I can finish. And 
I, you know, it's weird. I was extraordinarily busy last year, even though everything shut down because I'm part of Las Vegas. Well, I'm part of Henderson Writers Group and we put on the Las Vegas Writers Conference every year. Well, we had that scheduled for April of last year. So we had two weeks to turn it into not an in-person conference anymore, but an online conference. So all of that was sucking up my time. And I ended up writing a screenplay and I had been doing a play last year. We ended up doing rehearsals online and recording that for people to see over Facebook instead of seeing it in person. I kept very, very busy. And so it was easy to find reasons to not continue with this, this blog, to not continue writing this. But I kept going and then we got to June and it was just, all these things were happening in the world. People were rioting. There was so much negativity. It, there, there was all this anger and grief in the world. And I almost quit. I almost quit writing the blog because it was just, why am I writing about love when people are dying? You know, we were in the middle of a pandemic. People are depressed and people are angry and rioting. Why am I writing about love? Like, who cares about this right now? And another thing that is no accident, I didn't say this to anyone. I never put it out there verbally, but people started emailing me and writing messages on my blog and writing messages on my website and just texting me and saying, thank you. Thank you for putting this out every week. I look forward to it. There's, I look forward to something positive in the world. And the crazy thing is some of those people aren't even in relationships. They, they were just reading it because, you know, they, they might apply it to future relationships or sure. it just, it brought them joy. They have hope. Right. And that was, that was my nudge that keep doing it, keep going. And I had no plans to turn this into a book. I was just trying to to blog regularly and put put something positive into the world. You know, there's so much negativity, but the negativity almost overtook me. And it was those those words, you know, fans, they, they matter. You matter. Please <laughs> give feedback to the people whose work you enjoy, <laughs> because sometimes that's all it takes to, to get them to keep going. It's fuel. It's fuel for your creativity. It's fuel for your tenacity. It helps. Well, you know who helped me? People like you. <laughs> Thank you for that. Because because I, the, reason, the whole reason I do this show and the whole reason that, you know, it's um, we're out to um, um, declare our freedom from hate, division, and fear are, is from people like you who are now... I know that there was a hard part and you were going to quit and, but then you had the intestinal fortitude to not and to keep going. And now you're going to make it even better because this year is a podcast that uh, tell us how you're formatting the podcast, how you're putting it together. Okay. So I continued with the blog and I attended a, a right. What it was it a, a book festival, an online book festival that I was speaking I was speaking at the book festival, but they had all of these different things. And because I was a speaker, I was able to attend the other meetings for free and they had a literary agent panel. And so I just like, people keep asking me to turn this into a book. Is there any kind of like, I don't consider myself as someone who has a big enough platform for something like that because I don't have a million followers on Twitter. And they said, that's not all that applies to a platform because I am, doing 
podcasts for other people. Like I co-host the And I Thought Ladies podcast regularly. I am interviewed regularly. I'm part of Henderson Writers Group. I do a monthly author meet and greet. Like I am in the media once or twice a week. So they said that counts as platforming. Yes, it absolutely is something that would interest agents. So I kept going and I reached out to, to an agent that I had met at Las Vegas Writers Conference previously. She wasn't an agent yet, but it's, she's someone I met at the conference. And I asked, will you help me put this together? Because I don't know what I'm doing. I've been doing fiction my whole life. I know how to write a query, but I've never written a nonfiction proposal. And she said, yeah, send it to me. I'll help you. And then she asked if we could get on a call. And turns out it was the call, but I, did, I wasn't prepared for the call because I thought she was just calling to talk to me about the proposal. But she was, and she offered representation. And we, we brainstormed different ways to bring this into the world as a book. And we have some ideas that we're working on. And part of that is expanding the platform by turning it into a podcast. So now it is the 52 Love Podcast. And because I'm an author and an actress, I get to interact with amazing creatives all, all across the board. And I figured, I already have the blog. If people just want to know what the tips are, they can go and read the blog. Why do they want to go and just listen to me talk for 15 minutes about what I already, what I already posted? So instead of having it just be me on the podcast, I've invited all these creatives to come on the show, try out the tip, give us their experience with it, and then they get to promote their work. So my audience gets to hear about all these different types of people. They get to see that the tips work on a different types of couples, regardless of whether you are in a heterosexual relationship, a homosexual relationship. It, no matter what your coupling is, your age, your race, your gender, it works on everybody. It's all about putting in the work towards your relationship, treating love as a verb, essentially. How did you get so, uh, <laughs> this is kind of a loaded question, right? How did you get, so, <laughs> how, how did you get so, so versed in love? How did you, how did you know? I mean, coming up with 52 things in a, in a row, in, that's hard to do all by itself. But where did you come up with the, uh, um, the, no, the inner knowledge to be able to do that? It's just been life experience. And I, you know, I, I read the five lang the five love languages years ago. Yeah. I um Which I, I, have, I have read books my whole life about this kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I used to at the at the job where they um they let me go, I had a chair in front of my desk where people would come and it was just called the therapy chair because people would come and talk to me about their lives. It wasn't part of my job, but it's just something that has always happened. People have always come to me for advice about things and in particular relationships. And so to do a better job of serving them, even though I'm not technically a therapist, I read about it so that I was giving better advice. You know, I, I, don't, I don't want, I take that responsibility very seriously if people are coming to me. So let me make sure that I have the knowledge to communicate and help them as well as I possibly can. 
By the way, if you're wondering about the five love languages um, by Gary Chapman, I have a podcast uh, that I did with him years ago. So you can go back in my archives and and find uh, uh, the five love languages, and that would be Gary Chapman. And and it was really was a good show. Uh, And so I've been around doing this for a while, and I've reached all kinds of. But it's interesting that you would have uh, people just come and you come and sit at your desk and pour their heart out to you and try and, and because you, you apparently exude knowledge and confidence and, and caring that, that that's a really cool thing. And if you look in your eyes, you can see that. In your smile, that you, Thank you. You really are interested in helping people. And that's that I love, I love what you're doing. I, I think the, uh, the podcast, I'm a, I'm a single guy, so I don't qualify to be on your podcast, but that's a- <laughs> But you can still listen to it so that you're ready when you, you have that opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> I have a whole different agenda, my friend, <laughs> but, which, which is okay. Um, but so tell us some of the uh, um, types of topics that you cover and during the podcast or will be covering. Well, oddly enough, one recent episode was about buying a book for your partner and one of the suggestions for that is to read read the book with that person but buy a book that you think that the partner would enjoy not something that you feel you need to read this you know (laughs) this is not about trying to shape or mold someone this is about buying it from their their favorite author or if they already have all those books buying a book about their favorite author or on a topic that your partner has shown some interest in And then there's the bonus of read it at the same time so that now your partner has someone to talk to about this book. And what was chosen, the partner asked for the the five love languages. (laughs) And so they read that. But in addition to that, I already have an episode planned for later in the year on learning your partner's love language. So it is very much, at a certain point when I was coming up with the topics, I realized I've had these in mind the whole time without realizing it. So I went back through and added the tag for which love language it is in each of the, the blog posts, because yeah, they, they're in play. There is something to it. I do think that the book is a bit heteronormative and at times a bit misogynist <laughs> for lack of a better word. <laughs> oh, dear. The, the, the tips work though. I mean, the five languages are real. Those are true. I just think that some of the examples that he gives about how they're a bit stereotypical in terms of a male-female relationship, and I don't think there was a single gay couple in the entire book. Uh, no, no. Well, you see, he was that was written back in prior to two thousand three. But there were still gay people back then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But- but times have changed dramatically since then. Yes. Back back then, see, I, I I'm not sure how old you are, but you're you're younger than me. I know that. Um, and in 2003, which would have been 20 years ago, you would have been younger yet. And so so, there was a it was a different time. Uh, I'm so glad those times are over because now we have gay marriage and now we can look at people and and enjoy people for who they are, not right who choose them to be or 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 to put stereotypes on them because uh they like they like uh the same sex or whatever it doesn't matter um, right and I'm, i will say i'm a christian mm-hmm. 
they don't have to be mutually exclusive. You can love people. I mean, a real Christian is supposed to love people, period. You are correct, my dear. That That is, in my mind, that is what Jesus taught. Right. And that's what he meant. And that it, and for people to put barriers up is not, I don't, I just don't think it's appropriate because that's not who he was. That's not the, that's not the, that's not what he preached. That's not what he said. That's not what he said on Sermon on the Mount. And all right. those things. He never said that stuff. Show like me he, where Jesus said to hate anyone. He didn't even hate the people that were killing him while right. they were killing him. Exactly. I don't know how you do that. That, that, that would be, that, <laughs> you know, that requires an, an extraordinary human being and in some people's mind, a God. And so, you know, from that standpoint, it doesn't matter uh, because he, he, he gave us an example to live by. Right. And I'm glad you're living by that example and the, you're working, you're working on it. Now, I got to, I got to ask you because somebody's going to say, all right, this is 52 weeks of talking about love. Okay. <laughs> Where's the sex part? Where does that come into this thing? Well, sex is part of that type of relationship and some of them are racier than others. It's true. I mean, we, we go as simple as putting a puzzle together, you know, spending that time together with your partner. And I have one called Naughty Nooners. <laughs> <laughs> Naughty Nooners is good Nooners. Um, <laughs> you know, I because I honestly think that in a lot of in we are we're brought up in a really weird place. We are especially especially girls. Um Guys, they, I don't know that they get talked about like like it the way girls get talked about it, but it's like, no, 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 until you get married. Then it's yes, 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 but by that time, you don't know how because you was all no, and it was you had a negative stereotype about what it is all about before, and then now you're married, and now you're supposed to be free and have, and, and it's hard for some people to make that transition. Has that been your experience? Well, it sounds like you've been watching Bridgerton. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell the poor girl what sex is or how it works and then <laughs> good luck with that <laughs> exactly it's it's like you know, i asked my wife one time uh well she was my wife um i asked her you know when you were when you were a, a little girl and um you went into your teenage years and the change of life began and you began to menstruate well how did how did they handle that how did your parents handle that and and she said well my mom took me to the store she bought she said she bought these things and she said use this this and this and that's the last we talked about it she oh, thought my, she was, my mother was great about things like that she's very open and i i was never worried that i couldn't talk to her about anything oh good because my wife thought she was dying for a short period of time <laughs> Until, until they figured it out. But I am so glad you're out there because there are so many people that, that uh, and I know communication is a huge part of what you're talking about. It is. And that includes with sex. I mean, if you communicate the things that you enjoy and that you would like to experiment with, that is part of bringing you closer emotionally. You should be able to trust that you can talk to your partner about these things. And then you need to be trustworthy if they want to talk to you about things. You know, it was interesting too. I, I um, had a uh, podcast yesterday with a lady that was her thirtieth anniversary, and they were they were talking about you know uh, the the ups and downs, and and I know what it's like to be married for a long time. I was married for twenty four years, and unless you are able to communicate and to change together, 
as you get older and things change for you, it's very easy to fall apart, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, it, all you have to do is neglect it. And that's, it's easy to do. It's easy to take what you have for granted and not work on it and put all of this effort into things outside of your relationship. And I'm just trying to show people how they can apply some of that toward their relationship. So when you decided to do, well, you are so talented in so many different areas. When you were little, where did you think you would be? Did you have passion for? I wanted to be a veterinarian. <laughs> that would have been a very fine field to be in as well. Cause our animal I, I couldn't handle the, the dead animals that I was going to have to be around to learn how to do it. And I'm too sensitive. Yeah. Like I, that's why I just lost my uh, border collie of 14 and a half years. And so I'm, I'm hesitant to get another animal because it's either going to outlive me or I'm going to outlive it. And I don't want to, I don't want to bury another animal. Someone will be heartbroken either way. Right. Yeah. I love them too much. Um, well, when my last cat passed, I was, you know, I, I am Catwoman. I love cats, but it was just so painful because we were so close and she held on until I woke up the next morning, just waiting to say goodbye. And it, it broke my heart and I was just not, not going to deal with that pain again. You know, I was just closing myself off. I didn't want to open myself up to the pain. And two months later, a kitten showed up on my doorstep in a storm, this beautiful fuzzy charcoal gray baby just russian blue and he said i live here now i love you i'm yours <laughs> and he was so clean and so well cared for I'm like you live with somebody <laughs> like you can't be an outdoor cat this this wonderfully healthy and clean and he didn't want to leave and i can't leave him out in a storm like it was it was a bad storm so i let him stay overnight but I did not feed him because I know the drill. <laughs> you have shelter here and please don't pee on my carpet, you know, <laughs> and then put him out the next day. He came back. He came back when there was a, like, it was just a stormy week and he came back and it's like, why do you keep doing this? And he curls up on my lap and he snuggles and he looks up and he says, I love you. I'm yours. I live here now. <laughs> You can't live here. You, someone is taking care of you. And, you know, got out the old cat box because still had it with some litter. And he immediately went like just to say, see, I know how to do it. You don't even have to train me. I am all ready to go. I can live here. <laughs> Turns so out he was the neighbor's cat and he kept breaking out of their house. And they were just getting ready to return him because he, he didn't seem like he was happy there and, the, and she didn't want him to be unhappy. She wanted him to be cared for. So she was going to take him back. And I said, well, I think he wants to move here. <laughs> and so I still have him and he, and it, you know, it's another manifestation. He is the cat that was in my book, the cat that belonged to the woman who started acting. Like how, how did this cat who wasn't even born yet, end up living with me <laughs> oh i have an idea <laughs> it, it comes it comes from the, the the great beyond because i we are taken care of 
about right. The universe is definitely taking care of me and I'm doing my best to listen and be more accepting of the thing, the gifts that I'm being given. And he is definitely one of those gifts. Would you do me a favor and say that one more time so that everybody has the opportunity <laughs> to hear those words? Cause they are so, they're so damned important. It's not, it's not even funny. So say that. Okay. Well, I'm not sure I remember exactly what I said, but essentially I am, do it, trying to do a better job of listening to the universe and accepting the gifts that it is offering me. Because they are many. And they are, they are many. They're there for you. And if you if you pay attention, talk about this a lot on the show. If you just pay attention, they will come to you. Just and uh, I think I think it's awesome what you're what you're doing and 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 it's gonna be a very popular series. How how is it growing? Is it growing pretty well so far? It's growing on Spotify and YouTube, and those are my two main focuses. And, I, and, you know, I'm enjoying the comments in there. I already had a few super fans that it didn't matter what I put out. They were going to buy it or watch it. And I, I love you all so much. You don't even know. But if I could get a thousand super fans, then I could make sure that I can continue making my art in the way that, that I want. I mean, that's, that's everyone's goal, really, is just, just to be able to continue doing the things that you love, but still, passion doesn't pay the bills, you know? <laughs> well, I told, I, I, I it's, it's funny, because I believe in manifestation, because I manifested this, and I manifested you being here today. Um, <laughs> thank you very much for that. And uh, it's, it's, it's really is important, and I, I've told everybody now, so I'll tell you, and I'll tell the listeners that are out there, this podcast is going to generate $13.8 million. You know how I know it's 13.8? Because it's not 13.7 or 13.9. It's going to be 13.8. And the whole reason for that is that it gives me the opportunity to, if I can generate that kind of interest that somebody wants to give me that kind of money, then I can help people. I can help right. And more people. That's, that's exactly right. The, my, my motto is to elevate and lift others. That means that it's my job to continue to grow and do well and do the best that I can and to use that to help other people do the same. To develop a platform that other people can say, oh, crap, if he can do that, I can do that, you know, and, and to follow your passion, whatever it is. If, right. If your passion is to be a carpenter and you just love uh, making chairs, well, then do it well. And, right, and, and we have a need for that. And yes. carpentry can be an art too. Yeah, it's because I don't know how to do it. And so I need to right. buy stuff like that. And, <laughs> you know, so everybody has got a role to play. And so many people are, all right, I won't say so many people, but there are people who refuse to acknowledge the role that God, universe, source has put in front of you, in front of them. And so they ignore it. And when they ignore it, then nothing happens because they, they stop trying after a while. Until, until you were willing to say, like you did, all right, you know, I, I'm going to make it work and, and, uh, and everything's going to turn out fine. And it is for you going to turn out just fine. It's going to be great. It's I, be I should admit that I, you know, I went through my door closing, closing myself off, ignoring the voice. You know, I, I definitely went through that. It's why is everybody coming to me? Like, how am I supposed to have the answers for everybody? Why, 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 why me? Why is it my job to fix this for everyone? Because it's your job to fix it for everyone. 
because it's your job to help them through it because you've been given the gift to be able to help them through this. You, you are empathetic. You can see what is going on in them. You can feel their pain and you can help them through it. And that in itself is a gift. And it hurts sometimes when you're feeling somebody else's pain, but I, I believe that it is a gift that I have and I, need to use it to help other people because not everyone has it. I want you to, um, if you choose to, there's a couple of books out there. John Edward has written a couple of books. He's a psychic medium. I don't know if you know who he is, um, but, but it's about self-protection. You know, because someone like you that's highly empath empathetic like you are, you tend to take on people's stuff. Yeah. And you need to, and you need to protect yourself from taking on their energetic stuff. Right. There's a transfer of energy that happens when, when you're helping people like that, even through a hug, you can feel, you can feel the energy passing. Yes. And so you, it's, it's important for you, for your, for your own health, uh, both medically and mentally and physically to put up a, a, a barrier that you allow, that you don't allow negative energy into your, into your space. Uh, positive energy is fine, but but negative energy you don't want there. So you, the, the, there are lots of there are lots of books on how to manifest that so that you don't have to worry, so that you can do the work that you were designed to do without mm -hmm. putting on the crap that can lead to physical pain, uh, mental pain, and that kind of thing. So I highly encourage you to to look into that because you are you are an empath. Thank and, you for the recommendation. And people will help, and you you help people, and you can't help people if they're hurting you. Um, you're not wrong. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sure that there've, there've been moments either with a, uh, casting director or, or another, or another individual, a director or, or just somebody that you meet in life that has given you negative, uh, uh vibes and negative energy. And you're like, I would like to be anywhere, but here right now. Thank you. <laughs> So I'm, to be fair, I'm sure that's true for most people in whatever job they have. Well, yes, but I see, I, I feel for people like you because uh, um, I don't know what it's like to be an attractive female. I can tell you that I have an idea of how difficult it is sometimes for for you guys just to walk down the street on a daily basis, um, it, which really isn't isn't fair, but that's kind of the world we live in. So when, so I I have no idea what it is what your walk is like, and that's why I'm excited about this this um, podcast and stuff because I I would like to get to know more about you and about the work that you're doing and and the the. Um, interactions you have with all these people I, I would love to see you do like danny devito and uh, uh <laughs> oh, i love them as a couple <laughs> they're adorable have you met them no i have not but i, I do really i'm i'm a fan of their relationship <laughs> it's been a long time and and they had troubles and and everybody has troubles but they worked through it and and i think they're back together now um if if memory serves me but but uh so Given the fact that you're you're going to do this book, you are doing the blog, or you you did the blog. Now you're doing the podcast. By the way, how do you like podcasting? You know, it was it's harder than I thought. There's so many things to consider. You know, there's all the scheduling that you have to juggle between my producer and my schedule and the guest schedule. 
I've interviewed people who are in other countries. So there's that whole time zone issue that you have to, to deal with. Not everyone works Monday through Friday, but some people do, <laughs> you know, it's just that I'm so good at scheduling. I thought that would be the easy part, but that has been the toughest part. It is. It is. I had a, um, a, uh, agent from, uh, Sweden call me her name is the her client's name is fia she's a 26 year old singer songwriter beautiful voice and but she they're in sweden oh well, sweden is nine hours ahead of yeah. me and they didn't want to stay up late so it was like okay i'm doing i have to look chipper and ready to go at seven o'clock in the morning <laughs> you haven't been to my house but at seven o'clock in the morning i am generally anything but happy and chipper. yeah you should see this at seven o'clock in the morning okay <laughs> Well, well, mine doesn't change much, I'm afraid, at this point. <laughs> but the, you, My next episode is with someone who's in England, and which is a wonderful episode. I, I highly recommend that one because we have a British actor who's going to read. The, the tip is reading to your partner, and he shares with us what he read to his girlfriend, and it's just... All right. If she's not in love with him yet, <laughs> then the rest of the world will be after this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that, that's awesome. And and you 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 have a lot of energy, and you've got a lot of positive energy, and so I think your podcast is going to do just just awesomely. Thank uh, you. As a matter of fact, throughout the year, I would love to follow you and uh, um, and to have you back on to see how it's going and, and to see where you're going. Yeah, that would be great. <laughs> Check in. Like, what did you do? See, now you're giving me that incentive. You must succeed because you have to share with the world how well you did, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and inspire them to follow their dream and start their podcast or write their book or, you know, just start poetry. Just write poetry. You don't have to worry about whether you're trained. Yes, there there is a difference and you should respect the craft. But if you have poetry within you, write it. I'm sure there's an audience for it. You know, this is, I was talking about this gal in in um, Sweden, and uh, she how she I asked her how she writes, and she said, "Well, she sits down at her. She's got a little altar there, and she sits down and she closes her eyes, and then she listens, and music comes to her, mm -hmm. and, and then the, the words come to her, and then it and then it." goes down her arm to her hand and she writes it all down. I have never written a poem on purpose. They all whisper to me. It's, these are the things you need to be putting down. And so it's just, okay, I will, I will write this for you, but I'm not composing this poetry. It is, it's being whispered to me and I'm just the fingers typing it on the page, you know? So when did you recognize that you had that ability and that you weren't nuts and that the voices in your head were coming from somewhere else and were positive in nature? I appreciate that you don't think I'm crazy because of my voices. Oh, don't we all have them? <laughs> and that's, which is my point, is that you listen. A lot of I people do listen. A lot of people go, ah, I don't think so. Um, a lot of people have, have uh, things that happen in there uh, when you're taking a shower because of the energy. That is, that is it. <laughs> that is when you, you're not active. Your mind is not active. And they just, they all pour out. And I find myself so many times hair wrapped in a towel, dripping wet, typing onto my phone as soon as I get out of the shower because I don't want to lose it. I don't want to forget all the stuff. But it's like I've composed thousands of words on my phone, dripping wet because I didn't want to lose it. 
because and and because it's there and it's it's right. real. And if so many people say, no, I can't. There no nobody's talking to me. There's nobody on the other side. We're just all just kind of and but that's just not so. There there have a the other side. God, whatever you want to choose to you know whatever that is. I'm not going to get into that. But but. It, they're there for your betterment and they're there for your health. They're also better for someone like you. So you've got your, your, um, can you dance by the way? Not in any kind of valuable way. <laughs> I love to dance and uh -huh. I enjoy it and I will do it, but I'm not a trained dancer. I, I was going to say, you've got to be a, a triple threat in the, in the, in the actor's world. Um, cause you get, you can act, you're very pretty and you can probably sing and you can probably do a bunch of, you know, you can do other stuff as well, but, but, because of the gifts that you came here with, and by the way, I believe that you came here intentionally to do this work, and they're just helping you do it and guiding you through it. Does that make sense? It does. Do you believe that? I do. Okay. I, don't, I don't say it very often, but I, I do feel like I'm supposed to be doing this. Well, this there, There's a certain... There's something happens when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing and you, you just feel this energy and kind of this, it's like oxygen. It's, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, you know? It, and for years I was not feeling that. Right. So when you do, it's like a breath, like this is what it's like to breathe. You know, this is what it's like to live. And so I've had that with both writing and with acting. I used to be an actor years ago and uh, um, I did plays like uh, I was a lead in, in lead in a college production of uh, Taming of the Shrew and um, and in the olden days, like like Fiddle on the Roof and those mm -hmm. things. acting is the most diabolically fun thing that I could ever do because uh, it, it's like you are you can get into your role and you are literally somebody else. Yes. I will always be Cleopatra. I, I have not let go of that character. She has changed me. I am more confident. I am more regal just for having been in her skin. And she's going to be with me until I die. Which is, which is some people who have never acted this and how could that be? But it's, it's true. What you're, what you're saying is exactly true. Cause you take on, you take on the energy of the character. Mm -hmm. You understand their motivation, why they do, they're doing what they do. You, you have to connect with them so that you understand why they are doing what they're doing. And it's really difficult to just toss. Like I, I feel a depression after I'm done playing with it, playing a character because it's like, Oh, I, I'm not, with this person anymore. It, it's like losing a friend. It is. But and, Cleopatra and, has not let go of me. It's like, she's like, no, I'm, I'm reborn and I'm living through you now. So <laughs> just deal with it. Uh, and, <laughs> and I do want to say, yes, Susan, it's definitely when you're driving and your brain is at rest, like whenever you can't write, <laughs> that's when all the inspiration comes. <laughs> that's exactly right. And uh, it's, 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 as long as you are willing to acknowledge it and to invite it in, it will continue mm -hmm. to, to, to be with you. And that's the invitation is it. I, I read a book and I've read it over and over again. It is Margaret Atwood's book, negotiating with the dead. I think it's a writer on writing and just reading a little bit every day. It opened up, 
this world, like it opened the doors and the windows and all of the, the roads between me and the muse. And I wrote more poetry than I ever did just from having this, it's like an invitation, just use me, teach me, guide me, that kind of thing. Okay, so when's that book coming out? No, it's already out. It's Margaret Atwood's book. No, no, not your poetry book. Oh, well, I'm still working <laughs> on it. I am. I'm just I'm just collecting the pieces as they come to me. But I don't ever sit down to just write. It the, the words come to me. It's the inspiration. And and you have to do it it has to be inspired and then right. you. So um, when I have enough that I feel like it's a whole, you know, it's a big enough collection for a book. I'll put it out there. That's going to be your second book. Your first book is going to be uh, 52 weeks of, uh, of love languages, <laughs> which I think is, uh, uh, which is really cool. Let's see. Here's Susan is talking again. Let's see. She had to buy a voice recorder when I had a spiritual awakening and tons of things kept coming up. Yeah, that's a great idea. I, I can't tell you how many times I've just, pull out the phone and talk to text and send an email to myself. Like, just get this so that I can drive talking with it on my lap, just the voice recorder. But yeah, that's a great idea, Susan. Yeah. You know, the first time I ever heard about anything like this, I was a kid. Uh, somebody was talking to a songwriter and he said, well, you know, I woke up with this song in my head. And so I went to my writing partner and I went to um, the producer and I, and I, played it for them and neither of them had ever heard it before. And, uh, and so I talked to, and so for a couple of weeks I was wandering around with this song about, about eggs and ham that I had no idea what it was. And uh, that turned out to be yesterday by Paul McCartney. He, That's so cool. <laughs> he woke up with the song in his head and he thought for sure, since it was complete and it was done that he had heard it from someplace. And nobody, nobody ever claimed it. It's now been down. It's now been uh, re-recorded by different artists over three thousand times yeah. because it came from somewhere else. And he openly admits and he was open to it. Or <laughs> he openly admits, "I didn't write that. That came. That came in a dream." Right. And, you know. And so we all are capable of doing that. You know, I've, I've had the most fun talking with you today. Oh, thank you. You, you, you're awesome, and and. Uh, I, I really appreciate that you're putting all this together and, and you're going to be, you're, you're going to be really, are you, are you still auditioning for stuff? I am. I had an audition yesterday. Oh, how'd it go? It seemed okay. Like you never know in the moment. It always feels good, but then yeah, there's that waiting period and that's, that's killer for an actor. But I find that it's still easier than waiting when you query, when you query your literature because, you know, if you're not right for the part, there's nothing you can do about that. You know, I had an interview with uh, John Edward, like I mentioned, and mm -hmm. psychic medium. His daughter also is an actress. She's uh, uh, like eight or nine years old, and she's an actress. And uh, I asked him uh, because he had said, my daughter does not audition. Nobody is allowed to say the word audition to my daughter. I'm interviewing for the role. Okay. <laughs> and and the, the, so there is an aspect of that. There definitely is. Yeah, there there really is, and and she is interviewing for it. And if she doesn't get it, it's like it's like he says, "Look, you are a perfect circle. If they're looking for a perfect square, you're never going to be a perfect square because you're a perfect right. circle. 
And so, and so if it's right for you, you're liable to get, you're probably going to get the part because they're looking for a circle, but if they're looking for a square or they're looking for somebody else, then you're not going to get the part. I've done some work on the production side of things too. And uh -huh. during a casting session, we had all of these great performances come in. One person gave the best performance of anybody who was auditioning. He didn't get a call back because he wasn't right for the role. Oh, wow. But he was still the best performer of the day. It was like, it was heartbreaking because it's like, I don't want to call him back in just because he did a great job when I know he's not right for this. But I will never forget his performance. I will never forget the actor that he is. He booked the room, but he didn't book the job. Oh, wow. And that, that has to be hard uh, because not only do you have to read the right script and be able to get there to get to get the audition because auditions right. are not yet. Um, and, and it has to be the right role for you. So it's, it's hard to be, are, are you at the point in your career where people start sending you scripts? Yes. And what? I appreciate that. But sometimes that that's a lot of pressure too, you know? Yes, it is. Yes, it I'm, is. I'm very busy. And sometimes you'll get this blessing of here's a script. I want, I want to know if you're interested in, in a role. And sometimes they don't even tell you the role. So you're just like, all right, I have to find a way to fit this in because it is a blessing that someone wants me to be a part of their project. Mm -hmm. And then you you have the, oh, this is amazing. I'm going to do my absolute best to, you know, to put it into the universe that I want to be part of this. And sometimes it's like, oh, I'm so grateful that this is just not right for me. Like this isn't, this is not my kind of production. And then you're on the other side of the rejection, which you have to, you have to, hurt somebody else and that is never fun oh no 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 <laughs> i probably shouldn't ask this but i'm gonna anyway um what do you do when you're reading a script that you that somebody sends you that you really like and there are there are um, nude scenes and love scenes and stuff like that um is, is there, are there any way to get around that in in uh, cinema these days or or do you have to accept uh things like that that are written you don't have to accept things like that. Good. And if they're not willing to work with you, then you don't want to be working with those people. If they're not going to respect you from the start, if you're saying I'm uncomfortable with this, how, how respectful do you think they're going to be once you're on set? Oh, that's wonderful. That's, yeah, that, for people that are interested in becoming an actor, especially uh, young women, that's an, an important aspect to know because it's coming to light here in the recent years that we'll just say that uh, casting directors have not necessarily been the most uh, uh, moral of people at times. And it's not all of them. Of course, it's not all of them. But, you know, there are those bad eggs that have given people a bad name, given given the job a bad name. And I will say, I, I, I definitely have my phrases that I search for in the scripts that are handed to me, like, all right, let's see this. The worst is when the person giving you the script is the director, the lead actor, and the writer, and you're like, okay, what are you expecting people to do for you? Now, I am all for people doing that, but there are some people who use that use that leverage to try to pressure people into being part of their project. Like, well, then you're not going to be cast if, if you're not willing to do these things. Well, I don't want to work with someone whose attitude is that. 
I'm not, I'm not suggesting that people should not write their own work. They absolutely should, but there are predators everywhere. And some of them will take the form of the director, lead actor and writer, and they will write these scenes to be around, you know, it's usually a man writing to have himself as the character with all these girls. And it's like, what is the plot of this story? Like I, all I'm seeing is you hanging out with all these girls. I don't think that this is a good fit for me. <laughs> you know, I hadn't thought of that. So I could write a screenplay and I could write myself into a love scene with a beautiful woman. And, but of course nobody would publish the script, so it doesn't matter. Uh, but, uh, but that's, that does happen. It does happen. And I have, on more than one occasion ha had to ask, how does this serve the story? Like right. what, per you know, it might look cool on screen, but how I'm a writer. So how does this serve the story? And if they can't answer that question, then I don't need to be a part of that project. Does anybody do that just so that they can get an R rating because that they might think that that'll help their ticket sales? There are people who do that, but it's not as, it's not as often as you might think. I would think the majority of people are just they're just trying to make it look cool on screen. They just want it to look good. It's stuff that they like to watch, so they have it included. I think the biggest issues are story structure, and that is just being new. You know, that's just something you'll have to gain the experience to understand better. We all have to start somewhere, you know. <laughs> that's it. Now, how about commercials? Do you, have you done a lot of commercials? I've done a few. My most recent one was playing a judge. And that's, that seems to be the one that people keep seeing, like have noticed me more. Well, you have a Because so frequently you do this commercial shoot and it's like one second on screen, <laughs> you know? <laughs> but you know what? It still pays. So I'm not complaining about that. <laughs> You're there for 12 to 14 hours and you get one on time, one second on time. <laughs> and no, commercials oh. really aren't that bad. Like they, they are not really 12 hour shoots for the actors. Have you have you ever gone to the uh, um, been in a film or in a commercial or something and and said this is going to be great because I'm going to be here and you ended up on the cutting room floor? Yes, of oh, course. That's, <laughs> that's just one of those. It's a rite of passage, you know. <laughs> it's what you have to do to get through the, the business is go through those situations. I had this my second job as an actor. They bumped me. You know, I was just trying to get my feet wet, and I was really just trying to be an extra. So I see what it's like to be on set. Well, they bumped me up to this featured role and I got to do a scene with the lead actor and totally cut, <laughs> totally cut from the script. But you know, I still got the voucher and <laughs> see, now that I still have the experience. I still know a lot of the people that I met on that set. It was not a bad experience. It's not a bad thing. Now, are you uh, a member of SAG? Not yet. Okay, so you have to be careful about joining because then you you, you lose cut off your opportunity. Right, you you lose your opportunities because you have to just stick with SAG, and then you might not be getting as much work. So I'm I'm not at the point where I'm ready to take that risk. I heard now. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I heard that uh, SAG, which is a Screen Actors Guild, by the way, if you're if you're didn't know um, that there are somewhere in the neighborhood of twenty five thirty thousand paying members and it's not cheap to pay uh no it is not it's thousands and but there are that many members but there are only of that number there are only in the hundreds that are actually making making a living acting 
Um, because well, I don't, I don't know the statistics. I just know that for me to invest that kind of money to reduce my opportunities, I'm not at the point where I can take that risk yet. Well, yeah. And, and it's not like somebody's offering you $10 million to do a film. Although it's, some, it's like, I'm going to stay at this status until I have to become SAG for a role. Right. If they get to the point where it's like, well, in order to be part of this project, we need you to make the switch. Then I will make the switch. <laughs> and then you look at the contact and contract and it's $5 million. Okay. Well, all right. I'll make that switch. <laughs> well, then, then it pays for itself essentially. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I have appreciated Tanya talking with you, by the way, your, what day and time does your podcast premiere new episodes? It comes out every Monday and it's at midnight Pacific time. And so if you, you subscribe to the YouTube channel or you subscribe to Spotify, it'll just automatically pop up for you. And what's the YouTube channel they should uh, reference? The 52 love podcast. The 52 love, write that down, everybody. The 52 <laughs> love podcast and it premieres every Monday at midnight. Um, why midnight? Because people subscribe all over the world. So I just figure, oh. <laughs> you know, rather than choose a time, I'll just let it go. It's every Monday. Every Monday is when I put out the blog last year. So every Monday is when the podcast comes out. Oh, that's awesome. Just That's continuing the trend. And there are 52 Mondays in the year. There are, <laughs> so that. There are that. And, you know, I was thinking about that because uh, um, this, I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday and I was running through my numbers. Like you get analytics as far as your how you're doing and stuff. And I just passed 19,000 downloads for this in, in wow. and uh, almost 5,000 on YouTube, which I only started two months ago. So That's it's great. It's growing and it's for because of people like you. But you know, I cannot, I cannot believe I, I, I was downloaded two hundred times from Pakistan. Like that's really you know, cool. You have an audience there. <laughs> I, I am in all fifty states and fifty countries around the world uh, that have downloaded me recently. Um, so it's and it's, growing, right? And growing, and it's all because of people like you. And thank you for reaching out. Um, how did we get in touch with each other? By the way. You got referred to me, right? Yes. Ned Barnett said, hey, they're looking for people on this show. Maybe you should see if you'd be a good fit. And so I read what you do, and I checked out some of your episodes, and I think that the erotic episodes are very interesting. <laughs> oh, dear. You have paid attention. <laughs> I am paying attention, and I bookmarked about five of those, like that whole series of, you know, the, the kink ones, the BDSM, yeah. all of that because I am writing a character who is into that stuff. It's funny, one of the characters is into that, that stuff that you're, you have on, the, on that series, and the other one is a very beautiful, dark-skinned black woman who has to deal with predators at the park. And it's just, I started writing that in November, but all the, the media that we're getting around how unsafe it is for women to just exist, <laughs> just to be outside, like, yeah, I guess I kind of had that on my mind, not realizing it. And she has to deal with the mace on, you know, carrying the mini mace while she goes for a run and dealing with these guys. And you can either have your clunky phone on you, which reduces the effectiveness of your run, or not have your phone and risk being out there 
with some creep or guys could just stop being creeps, <laughs> you know? <laughs> hey, wouldn't that be a good idea? Right. Uh, I, I First of all, I'd like to apologize on behalf of all men everywhere because we are stupid sometimes. Everyone but, can be stupid sometimes. I mean, I, I don't have, I, I don't think that all men are creeps or even close to it, but I do think we need to put, Put it, call it what it is. It's men doing this, not this happening to women. You know, I, I, there was a sign that was on my Facebook, I think, that said, um, girls are not responsible for men's reaction to their bodies. Right. And that's, that's no matter that's, what they're wearing <laughs> or not wearing, it has nothing right. to do with anything. Uh, and it's none of their, it's, you know, you know, we are, we are, now I get it that, that, uh, we, 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 are supposed to propagate the species or whatever that, is, but that there's a time and a place for that. Yeah, and there and, should be a, a choice on both sides of that. <laughs> that would be easy, <laughs> wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I'd like to. I'd like to hope to think that we are becoming more involved and more evolved as we go, and that that people are recognizing. You know. I was so sad because I watched a a um, stand-up comic one time, and he wrote a and he wrote and and acted in a comedy routine, and it was called himself. Mm-hmm. And he was the father of five. He was a wonderful husband. He was this. He was that. And he and he was funnier than hell. His name happened to be Bill Cosby. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I was so sad to understand that a guy like that could do what he did and not, and, and not feel any, I, I, I just, I not feel any remorse or because he seemed like a very caring, charismatic. He did amazing things for the community. I mean, you can't, you can't take away the things that he did do, but that none of that excuses the horrible crimes. Exactly. And, and what could enter, I don't understand and help me with this if you understand. Like how, how can they both be the same person? That's what I was going to ask you. Because <laughs> <laughs> to me, it makes absolutely no sense that you can claim to be. And now, okay, I've met my fair share of famous people, and I, I get the fact that in a lot of cases they have um, character defects that they can hide because of who they are and, and, mm-hmm. and stuff. But, but when you're claiming to be something that you're not, and, and then you wreck, it's like, how do you, I don't know. I, I just don't get how you can, how you can claim to love humanity and love people and then drug women so that you can have your way with them. I don't, right. that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, but that's, that's just me. So, but I, 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 I understand vaguely because i'm not one i understand how difficult life can be for you guys especially when you are a professional and you're a writer and you're a blogger and you're and you're a podcaster and you're an actress actress and you are trying your best to put your best foot out there every day and there are these obstacles or these things and idiot things and people and and stuff that you have to deal with i'm sorry for that well, I see that you are using your platform to try to share a better way with your audience. And it, there's a ripple. Every time you, you put good out in the world, there's a ripple. And so I appreciate that you are using your platform to create a good ripple. 
It, even though we talk about BDSM on on, I had I blushed through that entire episode, but it was but it's necessary because it's it's part of if you are and you're going to experience this during the fifty two weeks uh, that you're coming and that you're doing and the name of your podcast again is the fifty two love podcast and yes we do have a topic on fulfilling fantasies for your partner <laughs> exactly and and that is okay there's there's yes. no, there's nothing wrong with that, but in, and through the course of, and by the way, if you go back to the erotic blueprints, which Corey L. Kramer and I did, uh, she's a, she's a fabulous lady. Um, but she talks about the most important aspect of anything that we talk about in, in direct relation to relationships, male or female or otherwise, or in a romantic relationship is consent. Right. Nothing ever happens without consent. And that's you need not consent. And to get that, you need communication and trust. You must. And, and so that doesn't mean, well, she didn't say no, your honor. It means that, that <laughs> it means that you don't act on anything unless there is a firm, concise, completely understanding. Yes involved on the other side with the caveat that they at any moment can pull that yes and make it a no and that's okay and that's true for both parties that's true for everybody that's, <laughs> that's not yeah it's, it can be yeah but it's important that consent and understanding and communication are our keys to to making a relationship work at least in my opinion no that's it so anyway, I have kept you for a way long time. Oh God, it's been over an hour. Sorry. Uh, but so, so Tanya Todd has been our guest. She is an author. She's an actor. She's a podcaster. And the name of the podcast, it premieres every for this entire year, every Sunday night at midnight. There's Monday night at midnight, Monday at midnight, Monday at midnight. And the name of the podcast again is. The 52 Love Podcast. And you can go to YouTube and just type in the 52 Love Podcast and it will show up. Like it like you like this one and and subscribe to it like you like subscribe to this one. And whenever a new one comes out, it'll automatically magically appear on your phone. Like magic. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely like magic. So. I'd like to thank Susan for, for being part of the show today. And one of these days, Susan, you and I have to talk, but, uh, cause she's, she listens to this she a regular listener. She, she is, she are. And you I, have, you have a super fan and don't you just love them? I do. I do. I may put her, I may put her to work if she ain't careful, but uh, <laughs> that's how it starts. <laughs> I want to see her. <laughs> <laughs> so, at the end of every show, I want to give my op my guests an opportunity to say, drag the soapbox over and for you to say whatever it is that you would like our audience to know, either about you, about life, about the world, whatever. Well, in terms of the show's mission, I think that we should just stick with the communicate and show love. Show love. Use love as a verb. Make sure that you are putting the effort into it and not just letting it sit there passively. And remember, if um, hate, division, and fear are things that need to go away. So with, with that, uh, Tanya. So you can ar arm yourself with love to fight hate, division, and fear. <laughs> that's the only way 
to defeat eight division inferiors with love. And um, I'm getting a little sappy now, so I better stop. Uh, <laughs> Tanya, if, if you'll hang on just for one moment, I've got to do, I've got to do uh, this, and then I want to talk to you briefly. After. Okay, sure. Hold on. Hey, and thanks for listening to this episode all the way to the end. Hey, pretty cool. Hey, don't forget to follow us so you can receive regular updates and new posts. And remember, take care of each other because each other's all we've got. See you next time on My Independence Report.